There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, guys. Just a warning. This episode comes with a trigger warning. Um, we're going to be discussing quite deep things with regards to mental health, trauma, um, self-harm and prevention with regards to the book A Little Life. So if you are sensitive to those topics, we will put the particular time markers in the description. But um, yeah, run with us. Well, I'm going to cry. Talk to you soon. <laughs> guys and welcome back to another episode of mostly lit welcome back welcome forward <laughs> how is everybody how is everybody how are you doing i'm good yeah i'm good i'm not doing too badly i'm just kind of getting on with life doing what i have to do sipping my green tea and my black coffee yes um, right that should be my mixtape oh green tea black coffee green tea and black coffee i like that they're on two different sides but they are both caffeine <laughs> it's helpful. It's You're mad. Oh, man. Mm. You know what, right? So I've just come back from holiday. Mm-hmm. I'd be up in Bali. I've yeah, had six man. weeks of joblessness. You were living your life, mate. So living my best. All life. them all them shots. I'm Honestly. living with the Wing Collective. Fam, you know. we've got more coming, yeah? We've got more coming. Because, you know, I'm out here trying to start my Instagram journey. You've seen my captions. I'm so <laughs> I'm trying to do up influencer. I'm dead. Because I'm sorry, I'd be actually selling books. I'd be literally, I'm out here just telling people to buy books and they buy them. And I'm like, but where is my coin? Like, I don't understand. So, yeah. Uh, the positioning is the so jokes. positioning. Um, but yeah, man, like, I've had a great time. But I've come back... Like one, I'm still jet lagged. It's two two days, and I'm like still jet lagged. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. It hits like four p.m. and I'm ready to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like it's been three four days, and I'm still jet lagged. I don't understand, but I've come back to weather that is despicable, Alex. Mm. Why am I wearing my winter coat from two years ago because I haven't bought my new winter coat for this year <laughs> in October? That's that's good though. No. See, I, I have to take out my winter coat. October. But it's cold. It should be cold. No, it should be cold in like 
I don't know, no, late November. Late. Right now, it should be like, you know, you know that four type American. I don't agree with that. Like, <laughs> I should be going out with my Mac and my Parker. Okay, okay. Not with you. winter coat. I, I should be going out with a little light jumper. I hear you. You know, a little know. light scarf here and there. I don't know. I find it's it cold. I don't know. I find it quite therapeutic to just have a bit, like a bit of fresh air, a bit, of, a bit of thin air. You know what I mean? Thin air. Thin air. No, nah, it don't. That's what it, for me, that's, it's that's not what it. it. That's what it is. That's but also, is. I'm worried because obviously, SAD. I'm really preparing. Just get your vitamin D yeah. spray. Get, get your mag. Get your mag, my magnesium cream. I have. Yeah, magnesium cream. Yeah. What so does basically, that do? So basically, because you know, when you're deficient from magnesium, it really affects your mood and I stuff see. as well. Uh-huh. So I rub that in. It's still like it's just lotion, but it has magnesium in it. Oh. Yeah. So I just rub that yeah. in. I want my vitamin D tablets. Um, my the blue light is out. I'm. I've been looking up. Uh, Weighted blankets. I hear they're yes, really good. I want one. They're expensive, yeah, they're really expensive. But, I want, but I want one. I I'm want like, one. my God, but I really think I want one. Yeah. And then a black, a light box, just get like getting everything sorted mm. so that it hits December. Mm-hmm. I'm not spun. Mm-hmm. I'm still out here trying to trying to do your thing. Trying to do life rather than life doing me. <laughs> oh man! Because that's not it. But yeah, life has been good. Has life cool, been cool, good cool. for you? Yes, I went to see Snow Allegra. <sighs> My babes. Who's Snow Allegra? What? What do you mean? I don't know who this is. Anyway, I went to see. Uh, she's a she's an R&B singer right she's an amazing singer okay. so I went to uh, see her with Eden a friend from Dat's Pod hey Eden and guess who else Hi, was there oh um, Samia um, Samia Jan the poet was there <gasps> Samia I know her yes yeah, he was there as well so we were just enjoying it like we just had a we had a good time yeah um, it was really nice R&B like, was it one of those like you know that party for your birthday that you took me to those slow like no Eighties, no, eighties. She's a singer. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. I, I think you've heard of this story before, but Alex really for his twenty six. Was it twenty sixth birthday? Twenty sixth birthday. Yeah. Um, he took us to a um, what is it? Is it an eighties? It's called Got Soul, right? And basically, they have, downstairs they have music. downstairs they have nineties and early noughties music, and upstairs they sometimes have the like eighties stuff, but. <sighs> Ray just wasn't there. She really just wasn't there mentally. Nah. She wasn't there spiritually. Nah. She, wasn't, she wasn't at the stage she's at now. Oh, no. So she's just not really aligned. Do you think if I went now, I would enjoy it? I think that growth has happened. <laughs> and I need, to, I need to kind of like help that process by giving you playlists to listen to. I actually do think you should give me playlists. So you to. can actually sit there and actually listen to it with people around you because I know that you're not going to listen to it by yourself. No. Nah. I can't trust you on that. <laughs> but you're going to basically. Think. But basically, yeah, Ray wasn't really feeling. Erica Badu, she wasn't feeling that. No, but, me and my but, friends. But, there, but they were. Totally, we both went. <laughs> but we got were, our but, quick. but also that day, like I feel like everybody was. I feel like you guys were tired as well that day. I do remember because you guys were like, mm. yeah, we know we were like that because of the no, but place. Was it, no, but we, okay. So basically, <laughs> we had we had drinks before in Shoreditch in the Ace Hotel yeah. and stuff, and I was just waved. So, but I was kind of like still sensing everybody was a bit like uh, in places um, because it had been a very very long year for some reason that year, twenty seventeen. Was it twenty seventeen? Yeah. Uh, so the good days. The good days. <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, so got so really good. But Snow Allegra, um, she's just like a new wave R and B. One she's, of the light skin whisper singers. She's not even light skin. Like she's Algerian. Really? Like Algerian. She's Arab, huh? Is she like alternative? No. Sounds just, like I don't think Paul makes, Smith. I don't think she makes <laughs> Georgia. I don't think she makes any. <laughs> I don't think she makes any. Horace I don't think she makes any like excuses for the fact that she is like 
conventionally attractive. <laughs> like she's just a, she's oh, a so singer. She's, hot. she's a singer. Yeah, okay, she's beautiful. Yeah. She's a singer. Yeah, she's from Sweden. Yeah. Um, and I think she's. I don't know. Let me just double check where she's from. Like her background because don't want to get that wrong. Is she a woman of color, or is um, she just you know? I think that she would come under Bane. <laughs> she would go. <laughs> but she's passing. You yeah. know what I'm saying. So like she doesn't. She doesn't so she's white passing. Yeah. Yeah. So look. So she. Oh, she's Peng. Yeah, but she's like. You know what I mean? But she's... Why is her name Snow? Allegra. Uh, her actual name is like... Sh- Sh- was it Sherry Noros? Norosi? Sherry. Sherry. That's her name. <laughs> Sherry Norosi. Um, what did I, do, 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 do. I never heard Persian. of this woman in my life. She's Persian. Okay, sorry, so she's she's, 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 so she's not Algerian, sorry. Yeah. But she's Persian. So... Um, <laughs> we said Algerian. I was like, what? Yeah, she's not. But, you know what I mean? Like, but she and she, and she grew up in Sweden. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? So she is like she's passing so she is acceptable passing, to be looked yeah. at but um she's a really good singer like she's a really really good singer um hmm. and she's very emotive uh with her songs she's amazing she's an amazing new album called Ugh, those feels again and she has a song an album before that called feels so yeah. feels yeah and those feels again yeah so that sounds interesting it sounds really good like i think you'd i think you'd enjoy it really like because i know that you like writing and you know like you like yeah. you like words being i like words more intentional yeah. yeah like with regards to and i think you, you like, i always listen when i first listen to a song i always have to listen to the lyrics yeah, she has a song called situation shit i don't want to listen to that shit <laughs> Jesus, Alex just went. He, she has a song called Situations. I was like, she has a song no. Called shit. She has a song called uh, Toronto. She has a song called Love Like That. She's amazing. Like, I think she's really good. I think you'd enjoy her. Um, but I think you'd. In, I would say listen to her first album and then transition into the second one. Okay. And it's like, you know, you know, it's always the earlier albums you can hear the real thing. Yeah. And then the second and then, one's a bit more refined yeah. or whatever. But it's really good. Great performer. And I connected more with the album because I'd seen her. I so see. once I, you know, when you see someone, you're like, right, I get it. Yeah. You know, when we like we see Daniel Caesar, I was like. Okay, so I get you yeah. as a singer now. Yeah. When I saw her, I was like, I get you as a singer now. Yeah. So you bite into that. Have I, you listened to the new Daniel Caesar? No, it's, I did the parts it's of it. Rubbish. Oh man. And I'm so annoyed because like Freudian was like, and when I saw him at, um, at Essence, it just was a lot. Mm. It was amazing, yeah. and obviously he told black people to cancel him. His new album dropped, and it was minging. So. It was kind of like I mean it wasn't minging but there were some songs that I'm like oh nice mm-hmm. um, there was a song that he has with Brandy that I really liked yeah yeah that's a good song but I just didn't feel it like I did with Freudian like mm. every song in Freudian is a banger for me mm. and it feels so emotive mm. there's a deep sense of um emotion in it there's just something really much deeper and this one is more like oh I'm running off the clout mm. like people listen to my music let's just make music mm-hmm. that's how it feels mm-hmm. like but mm-hmm. it's not Allegra I like her I love her okay I'll love. listen I'll listen yeah I it's fell in love that day did you mm-hmm. with who Snare Allegra oh you fell in love with her <laughs> yeah that day I was like please just sing is to she me. like an Adele does she stay in one spot is she giving no. us choreography <laughs> 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 she's giving us movement across the stage up and down oh like costume, like, costume like, changes Je- and, oh okay and, like, so not changes. like a yeah. Adele or Jeanne. no 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 she's actually out here doing um, but not choreography scenarios as well based oh, on oh so she's thing. like a um, a Solange okay yeah because Solange okay. is not doing big big boop 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 she's just shaking her hair and giving us Okay. girls lining up on and, the straight and, line and getting in the face of white men to be like oh this black this black <laughs> no but like it's really good like it was really good it was really, and it was a mixed crowd as well it was really interesting really? to see yeah um, so that's what I had been up to what else have I done um yeah 
Hey, guys, check me out on the Sarah Brett show on Radio 5 Live every, like, once every month. And stuff. Cool. I just, like, go there and give, her, give her suggestions yeah. about books to read on the commute. It's yeah. only for half an hour. It's at midnight. So, therefore, just get, it, get it on BBC Sounds and shit. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because no one's listening to that live. Yeah. Unless you're my mother. Oh. Who's, like, messaging me as, as we're doing it. And then sending it <laughs> into the family group and then t- telling them the books that I suggested. Oh, that is so sweet, auntie. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't really done much. I've been on holiday. Yeah, that's really good. Been in that's good. That's good. I want to go on holiday. Oh go. my god, come to um, Zurich with me. Cool for a day. Okay. All right. Give me the info after the show. I will. All right. Um, <laughs> so, what are you reading? What am I reading? Um, so, just before this, um, well, actually, no, like, just maybe under two weeks ago, I finished the book that we're going to be discussing today, mm-hmm. A Little Life, and I had been reading that for around six weeks, maybe mm-hmm. near two months. The ghetto. Um, and, yeah, we'll talk about that later, because mm-hmm. that was heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and from that book, I just can't read anything <laughs> with gravitas or with any, any like, deep shit. So, not to say that YA fiction is not deep, mm-hmm. but it's lighter than... You know, I guess adult literary fiction. So yeah. currently, I'm reading. Um, I've previously talked about it, but I picked it up again because I let it go for a bit. Um, Kingdom of Souls. Oh yeah. By um, Arena Barron. I've got that somewhere. Yeah, we we received a um, an advanced copy, mm-hmm. and I'm like around 70, 80 pages in, and it's really interesting. What I do love about YA fantasy is one I never thought I'd really enjoy YA fantasy because you know I was such a snobby cow Um, but I really enjoy it Um, I think she what I do love about Rina is that she has tried very hard to build a world because sometimes YA fantasy really focuses on personal relationships rather than world building Mm -hmm. um, which for me brings it a bit down which like books like um, Philip Pullman's um, His Dark Materials trilogy um, J.K. Rowling's and like J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series um, Patrick Ness then that Knife of Never Letting Go and like mm. Chaos Walking series what they were so good for me was the uh, world building mm-hmm. and the fact that you're not just learning about characters you're really learning about the world and what I've seen from Rena in this book is she's trying very hard to build that world a long character development and character building um, which I think is very commendable Um, sometimes it can be a bit too much because she's throwing in words that I'm like what the hell does this mean Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I guess she just needs to be a little bit careful with how she does it because I'd appreciate if I got I got a word and then further on down the line that word is is explained somehow Mm -hmm. Um, it's quite hard to do an Achebe where you're just throwing in random language and you have no idea what he's saying Mm -hmm. but you feel it because it's it's so culturally rich but with YA with fantasy I think you have to take time to explain mm. whereas like with like literary real fiction well mm. realism it's kind of okay you get away with it um, and what's great about this is that I mean I, I when I was going on holiday I was kind of like I need a book to read that is very light hearted but also fun and moving and fast paced and this was a book that came up um, at the top of the list for most people um, it's current it's been op- um, optioned for film mm. and Michael B. Jordan is going to be producing it okay so that's that was quite interesting um, fresh off you know Black Panther yeah he's got his production company yeah. as well and he was looking for things to produce and create yeah, yeah. 
Um, and I think this will be really good. I think YA fantasy is really like hitting off right now. Daughters of Anri by Rennie K. Meyer has just yeah. been published. Yeah, yeah, looking good. Yeah, you know, the cover for that is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think it's so nice. I always think like what I love when fantasy is... Fantasy, I think, is like the gates to like when you've had representation and you've spoken about the real life, you can now begin to see yourself in an, in your imagination. And mm-hmm. I think the great thing about fantasy is the idea of seeing yourself not in real world, like mm-hmm. seeing yourself in your imagination mm-hmm. rather than just focused on your own immediate reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really great for young kids because then they can start to actually see themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm reading. That um, sounds good. It sounds good. Yeah, Kingdom of Souls by yeah. Rena Barron. Mm-hmm. What are you reading? Before I go into what I'm reading, because and also it's Black History Month, so yeah, figured yeah. I may as well just shout out like a black writer. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a book uh, by an, a writer called OK. I want, I want to say his full name so I'm going to just like okay Chukun Zelu um, and he's got this book called The Private Joys of Nena Maloney yeah. that came out on the 3rd of October uh, with dialogue books and um, yeah and like so okay was a contributor to SAFE um, as well and um, that came out last year and was it last year or was it this year Did it come out this year yeah, it came out this year? Yeah, it came out this year. Um, but yeah, so he's got this new book called The Private Joys of Nena Maloney. Um, and it's a comic novel about Nena, a half Nigerian teenager living with her beloved mother, Joni. As Nena approaches womanhood, she longs to connect with her Igbo Nigerian culture. Her once close and tender relationship with her mother becomes strained as Nena begins to ask probing questions about her estranged father, who her mother, who her mother refuses to discuss. So this. if it comes out, oh, because like a, a, a very, a very interesting Nollywood drama. Yeah. Uh, Nana is asking big questions of how to be when she doesn't know the whole of who she is. Meanwhile, Joni just wonders how to love when she has never truly been loved. Their lives are filled with a cast of characters asking similar questions about identity and mm-hmm. belonging whilst grappling with the often hilarious encounters of everyday Manchester. The reason why I love this, um, I'm, I'm going to grab a copy, yeah. is um, because it's not set in London. Number one. Mm. We don't need that. What is it saying? Manchester. We just said oh, just yes, everyday Manchester. Manchester was the last thing we just said. Um, but yeah, it's uh, set in Manchester. That's how you know it doesn't click in my head. That's what like, I mean. Yeah. Like, so set in Manchester. And I like the fact that things are kind of moving away from being um, London centric. London centric yeah. and put into di- directly kept here because there are other cities yeah. and, there are, and there are other black communities in the country. So we've got Bristol, we've got Birmingham, we've got Manchester, we've got many cities in the Midlands. We've even got like parts of Scotland. Yeah. Scotland. Scotland. Uh, Scotland. Um, um, Ireland. There's Ireland, quite a massive Wales, black community you know in Ireland. I mean? yeah. And it's like, I want to see more stories from those places. I want to hear yeah. more voices coming out from those places because if, if we're going to really sit by this annoying title of Black British then we need to include we need to actually be Black British not Black London not Black London yeah let alone Black England yeah you know what I mean we need to actually we need to really be embracing all of this stuff can't lie though I love being in London yeah Yeah, London London will kill you but at the end of the day yeah it will kill you but I don't so we start we move and Manchester that's what I like to see so shout out to OK 
Um, Congratulations. And, uh, you know, he's really tackling questions on race, gender, class, family, redemption, yeah. and all of that. So shout out to you. Also, shout out to Ashley Hicks and Lovins. Um, the 392 has been has been optioned yeah. for TV. Yeah. So amazing. that's fantastic on his behalf and amazing to um, own it London yeah um, Crystal Mahay Morgan fantastic so just shout out to everything and there's amazing like this is ama- it's amazing, so like, amazing. Daughters of Nui like yeah. they launched um, the other day yeah um, Slider Cuts um, Slider from, Cuts oh, yeah, from yeah Nights we off. went to, to that launch yeah. it was amazing yeah so shout out to them um, working hard as ever to kind of bring like um, diverse books <laughs> to kids and young people yeah and you know just general community building and everything that they've done so yeah. far it's just been amazing so shout out to Amy David, David. Marseille and Marseille. Isha so everybody is doing amazingly over there you guys are doing amazingly I'm um, so proud of you guys so fantastic it's been, it's been great to see um, I course. like to see it content I like um, yeah. what I'm reading I'm reading this book called Tuesdays with Maury is it non-fiction in it yeah, of course it is the thing is right he's a fiction writer <laughs> it's just like the one non-fiction book of that course you'd up. pick it up but like I've, I've read the rest of his books I've spoken about the five people we meet in heaven I've yeah. spoken about all of that stuff and um, but he's got this book where he has a conversation with his old university lecturer called Maury because um, Mitch Albin um, he's a journalist and then he went into fiction writing and he has a column and all this stuff but it kind of talks about his early career from when he left uni and then he reconnected with his university professor and then his university professor was diagnosed with um ALS oh, you know like um, yeah. so that nerve like his nerves were shutting down yeah. from the legs up crazy. so progressively over years he had become like less and less yeah. um, but his character still kind of stayed the same yeah. and it was these kind of conversations so every Tuesday he went to meet up with Maury and just talked to him about life and about things about like feeling sorry for yourself and um, you know loving others and like he had like a he had like an appreciation day like appreciation day so he invited because obviously he knows he's going to die that's one thing mm. that's one thing that's one barrier you got across he knows he's going to die now he had he invited all the people that he loved to come and like tell them tell mm. tell them how much he loved them and, t- and for them to tell him how much they love him mm. rather than it being at the funeral when he is you know not there, not there. You know what I mean? So he's like, yeah, let's do it now. And then like on all this stuff. And um it's really amazing. Really, really really great conversations going through here. Um and you can and it's like it's really you know when you've got um young people speaking to older people about life. Yeah. It's it's such it's such wisdom that comes from the older people because yeah. they have seen a lot, but they can still learn from everybody and everything. Mm-hmm. Um and it was really good. Uh it's really good, beautiful writing. Mitch Alban's my favourite person. Um I love it. So that's an what I'm reading. Old man, a young man, and life's greatest lesson. lesson. Yeah, what Ooh. to do for death. I'm also listening to um, It's Not Okay to Feel Blue and Other Lies, the essay collection um, created by Scarlett Curtis mm-hmm. and featuring a whole host of people. Yeah. Um, I'm listening to that. I just, just really started it. The essays on mental health mm-hmm. um, and uh, people's experiences of mental health. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I like it um, in places. Um, I do think that um, with with big names, I'm a very I'm a bit particular when it comes to their stories because mm-hmm. I feel like some of it is still as still a bit curated. Yeah. Um, but I like the obviously the smaller names and the yeah. people that I have like um, probably stories that are put a bit closer to my experiences. Yeah. Um, and their vulnerability is is just commendable just yeah. throughout the whole throughout the whole um, book anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that is what I'm reading. So we 
great. All your non-fiction stuff. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> um, okay, so the book that we are discussing today, mm. since you don't have uh, raised culture questions for me. No. Um, do not. Basically, guys, I have, I'm, I've won. Like, I am very cultured and I I understand stuff. Even well, though I just asked you, who's Snow Egg? Also, also <laughs> I want to shout out to JJ for. JJ! Because obviously we haven't spoken since um, the live show that happened at the London Podcast Festival. Yes. And like, amazing, amazingly, you guys did amazingly. Listening back to the episode was, yeah. was so funny. Yeah. Um, editing <laughs> it, really it was so it. jokes. I was yeah. like, oh my God. But um, yeah, shout out to JJ um, and his book. Uh, off mask off mask off um, and just, oh you spoke to him as well yeah to yeah. him on what matters um, and just say yeah fantastic like thank you so much for stepping in yeah. when I as a host, as a host when <laughs> I was just like like whisked off to the Midlands um, my nan's fine um, everything's good so yeah like I just want to say thank you to that um, and it's amazing to think that have like a creative community that can support those yeah. things when those things happen um, and he just took it in his stride he was it just, phenomenal it sounded, it sounded so great and you guys said I was handsome ah. oh. <laughs> yeah 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 whatever <laughs> don't let it get to your head um, you don't like you <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah just beautiful black people sitting on stage it's just amazing <laughs> so um, yeah thank you so much to okay. that and shout out to your book as well yeah Looking forward to more and many more projects from you. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to discuss A Little Life by Hanya Yanagihara. And um, I want you all to brace yourselves. I did put a trigger warning at the top of the show. So if you guys have not read it, slash want to read it, slash are reading it, slash have been through bare shit in life, and then like, and don't want to hear what we're going to talk about, um, obviously feel free to just pause, fast forward, stop. Just, just, one, I would say, I don't know if you want to really listen to this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, as much but, as we want you to listen, yeah. because, you know, but yeah, we want it, you to listen. Uh, do what you got to do. I'm not going to be offended. Um, yeah, if we get like 50 people playing yeah, uh, in like a few weeks' time, we get more yeah, listeners yeah, yeah. having just, like you guys read it. Yeah, just take your time, please. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so a little life. Don't take it away, Ray. Right, so. Take it away, Ray. Take it away, Ray. Take it away. Okay, so A Little Life um, is a book by Hanya Yanagihara. Um, it was, I believe, published in 2016, 15? 2015. It was nominated um, and I think shortlisted for the Man Booker in that year as well. Um, but it, uh, something about seven killings, one. Oh, the brief history of seven yes, killings. That's the one. Marlon, that's Marlon, Marlon James's Marlon book. Marlon James. A brief book. history of seven killings. I was killings, like, what's one. that book called again? Yeah. Um, and I haven't read it, but I can't even lie to you. I probably shouldn't have one because this book should have one, in yeah. my opinion. Um, and briefly, the book tells the story of. Um, technically one guy and his three other friends but I would say four people are like very prominent in it in it and one is the most prominent um we have um a young man called Jude who we don't really know his exact age because he doesn't know and uh, we don't know his ethnicity because he doesn't know and um another young man called Willem um and a young Two other young men, JB and Jean Baptiste. Yeah. JB and, and um, Malcolm. Malcolm. And they all meet in um, college. 
each studying various different things. Uh, JB is an artist. Um, Willem is an actor. Um, Malcolm is an architect. And Jude becomes a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a, you know, big corporate lawyer. Corporate lawyer, yeah. So I was like, boop, boop. <laughs> Waste your life, honey. Um, and the story essentially it's called a little life because it's exactly that it the book spans their respective um life starting from college onto their deaths mm-hmm. so around 60 um early 70s late 60s and touches on their growth it goes back and forth into their histories the main thing that the whole book is about is jude and his very, very distressing, horrific life. Life. Um, and this life he keeps from his friends. He we literally doesn't talk about it because it's so distressing. He's been through so much. And I guess it's about him not getting better because mm. it doesn't get better, but him learning love and him being loved and him living with this trauma as a child Mm. and as a young adult and as an adult Um, and what that trauma looks like to himself what it looks like to the close people around him Mm -hmm. and what it looks like to the rest of the world I guess yeah Mm. that is essentially a little life but it is, guys. It is horrific. Horrific. Stress. To to be very honest with you, and I think we will discuss about the different themes that come up. Okay. Um, but yeah. So my first overall thoughts about this. <laughs> What are your thoughts? Yeah, because you told me to read it. Yeah, I read it in June when the retrograde was happening and I was offline and I didn't want to, and I didn't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. And everything was just like stressful. Yeah. And I wanted to really focus on my, my life. Yeah. But then I ended up focusing on somebody else's life in this damn book. Yeah. Um, I'll say the book is a, the book is a beautiful book, but it's beautifully horrific. Beautiful. Yeah. That's what I would say. um, I would say that just on an overall basis, it did teach me how to love a lot deeper Mm -hmm. and to care and in like, it's like it really does tap into the way that you think about um, empathy and because the way you bite into the characters you slowly build this relationship with them all it's like friendship it's yeah. Like, yeah friendship yeah. And, you know because one of the core, core themes is friendship yeah. but um, you build this relationship with all four of the characters um, you look at how um, your life um, your early stages of your life kind of dictate your perspective yeah. to the rest of it um, so we see the perspective um, so we, the last perspective we see is Jude's but the last perspective the last perspective of obviously because then we we find out about his background Uh, and then how he kind of like comes to this point but before that we know about JB and his kind of like privileged kind of life we know about Willem and about his loss and his younger brother and his younger brother and where he's come from Uh, we learn about Malcolm and his super privileged life but his how he questions a lot of the 
things and he doesn't know and people kind of like question his blackness question his sexuality question yeah. everything about himself um, and then so we've got those kind of we've got those conversations that happen in there and um, and you build and you, you buy into them mm-hmm. you love them and then heartbreak happens and then you're distraught on the tube trying to walk, <laughs> trying to trying to walk somewhere yeah. and it's just like you're just you're like oh my god I can't not put this book down and you have people giving you sympathetic looks on the train people like, approaching you yeah, to be like how are, you, how are you going how are you a, doing I was on the Bakerloo line train once and I was just there reading it and this man was just looking at me from across the from across the film I'm like what are you looking for <laughs> Yeah, you know when you're just trying to like focus yeah. on the books so I was like you know what I'm actually reading a book so yeah. I can just face my front look up and then now he's sitting in front of me I'm like nah okay you know, <laughs> you know when it comes to you know it's like them, them horror movies yeah. and it's like they just made their way to yeah. and he's like oh I just have to say um, that book it's uh, it's a beautiful book mm-hmm. um, uh, how far are you in yeah. it and I'm like oh I'm on like page 300 he's yeah. like okay, okay. Um, enjoy that <laughs> Um, and when you get to like page 600 like no 400 and something yeah and he was just like cause it's, it's the same thing that I was doing to Ray so, yeah. Ray, kept, Ray kept messaging me at like every like every 100 pages yeah and I was like oh where are you at and she's like oh 210 or something yeah. and I'd be like hmm, okay I'd be like okay so message me when you're at page 500 yeah um, and then and, 700 and then 700 and, then and, we, will, the and we will yeah. <laughs> we will get there lo and behold I got phone calls um, phone calls crying cr- voice notes crying voice notes and just like Balling. life is but the thing is right so and the, and the book is the book is so tender the book like really she writes really beautifully technically she's a beautiful writer there's oh some things where God. she the way that she describes some things I was like wow like I did I would not even that is so clear she writes so such clarity such and such clarity. precision that when something horrific happens it cuts you because it's <laughs> like because you just there's no ambiguity here yeah other than the fact that you don't know about uh, specifically about their ages slash their races or whatever yeah um, which you kind of do know about the races, but obviously when it comes to Jude and stuff, yeah. because there are certain things that are a bit hazy, like she's a very clear and clarified writer. It's so weird how it's like, doing. it is in the beginning. So it really starts with these young men to, like going into college, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then each and every single one of them, you get a little glimpse of their past. But mm-hmm. with Jude, you're all, it's always in a haze. It's always like everyone is talking about Jude because he's so different. He, His leg, he has these fits on his legs. You never really, even till the end, you're still dangled things. Like mm. this happened in his past. So he can't talk to people about what happened in his past. And that translates into the reader because you're, you also get that frustration that every other character feels mm. by not really knowing him. And so when he's slowly begins to share in his own unique way mm. it's almost a privilege to know because you're like oh okay and that and that's how you almost invest in him as well as a character mm. but yeah as a thought it's written like the way she can propel a story forward it's very rare for me to get a, a writer who knows how to move a story along who knows how to co- jewelry isn't a gift you give just once It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Like... Literally make a story, but not just a story. This is a life. Like she's actually written about a, a life, mm. lives. Like she's written and done so well to do that. It's not just beginning, middle, end. Whereas like, oh, this is a story. This is the climax. This is the big thing that happens. And this is the end. And, you know, happily ever after or not, not happily ever after. It's just you, you, you're born. Shit happens good things happen bad horrible things happen mm. you have to live with these things happening mm. you build and make relationships you lose and make relationships and then you die <laughs> and people yeah, live absolutely. on you like live ahead of you and they remember you yeah. and some don't and that's it yeah but oh oh no, even, okay, so <laughs> there's a bit and and he's really talking um anyway let's go into the characters then um but i want to talk about jude last do you? Yeah, okay. I feel, like, I, feel, I, feel, I feel like there's more yeah, let's talk to talk about. So, talk about Jude last. So if we go through the characters, so, or the themes in general. So, okay, so they're four friends and they're four male friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have this kind of bond whereby they've, they've like known each other since university. Yeah. And that basically, when you, when you make a bond of university friends, it's like formative years before you reach adulthood, yeah. full adulthood. So, they tend to be friends that you kind of carry for life. Yeah. In that sense. Um, and it's like figuring out your 20s and then figuring out your 30s and then yeah. the 40s. And then this is kind of, these are the decades and generations that we find ourselves through um, with, with the book. Yeah. Like 20s, um, 30s, 40s, 50s. 2030s, 40s and 50s. Yeah. Um, so if we go in backwards, I want to say Malcolm first, mm-hmm. because Malcolm... Malcolm obviously studied architecture, but they kind of like looked at Malcolm as the the the, the privileged member of the group yeah. who didn't really have much to offer other than the fact that he was just there, there and black. You see, I mean, yeah. like he mixed race. Mixed I think race. mixed race. Or was he Caribbean? He was Caribbean, wasn't he? He was mixed race because he would always like question. He's like at the beginning, you get like this whole: is he black? Is he not black? Mm. Um, well, no, sorry, he is black, but then people treat him like he's white because of his privileged parents. Mm. Um, I don't think he was mixed race, though. I think, I he... think he was mixed race, you know. Oh, okay. I think so. I'm not sure. I'll go his back. His dad was a judge. Yeah, his dad was pretty I can't, prominent. I can't remember whether his dad was a black judge, though, or a white judge. But he, um, he, his dad really loved his friends mm. because, like, one of them, I think it was Willem, that did, was Willem was the one that lived with him, or was it JB? Jude. Was it Jude that lived with him? Oh, yes, it was Jude. Because Jude lived with him and Jude was going into law. Yeah, and, his and then his dad was, dad judge, was yeah. yeah, who was like, he really loves Jude, blah, blah, blah. And I think 
because of the doubt that um, Malcolm had over his identity, it's almost like, I'm so privileged. Can, do I really have issues to talk about? Yeah. You know, when you're like, I'm privileged, therefore my problems aren't really problems. So when he like, he'd always be like, oh, I don't know if I should get married. Everybody else is getting married. Do you yeah. think I should get married, dude? Yeah. Do you think I should get married? Yeah. Oh, should I do this job? Should I not do this job? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's, it's kind of always in between. You didn't know what you wanted. Yeah. Um, Sexuality-wise as well, racial-wise, career-wise. Remember, because he was like, he was an architect. Mm. And then... He, he broke off to kind of start up this startup thing and he didn't know whether to leave the job because his yeah. dad was like, you know what I mean? Yeah. All those kind of pressures, like he was literally in between everything. He didn't know what he wanted, um, but he had the privilege of choice. Yes. He could literally choose anything he wanted yeah. to in his life because even if he didn't work for like a year, yeah. he would be fine. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? But his company did really well in the end. Yeah, it, it, did, was, did, it was like international. Did really well. Did really well. And um, he was making homes for his friends yeah I think that's all my, yeah. I love that shit yeah and, he's, and he built all the homes for his friends yeah. and stuff and then like just amazing like yeah just amazing kind of like layouts just for the specific needs and, and he, stuff. Like, what I love about this book is that it really goes into detail about that architecture so you feel Malcolm in things because the homes that they live in obviously they start off on you know what's it called that little street that they um that they lived in before this yeah. tiny tiny apartment that Jude and Willem um, lived in Lisbonard Street. Bernard Street and what's so great about this because it spans their life you see the growth from them living in this tiny awful apartment mm. in New York to them having different homes yeah because their careers because their careers grew and it's so fulfilling because you're like reading this we are in that stage of mm. Lisbonard Street I think mm. yeah, like we're, yeah. we're there yeah. and when it's I think it's great in that you know when your parents talk about back in the day like we are in our back in the day yeah now. that's it yeah I even had this conversation with my mum the other day just like oh what was it like like obviously she's not from London when she came to London and stuff yeah. we had that conversation and she was just like oh yeah I came and then I was in this room and then like yeah. obviously it was kind of sublet and then I kind of went here and it was yeah. just there and I was just like oh my god like mm. and they've lived a lot like you and, and, and then like, when you look around like I'm in this house and like this is the house, this is the part that that kind of part of their life where they're yeah. here now, and then it just kind of like like living at home, yeah. where they should move out, yeah. And then when it comes empty nesters and all these things yeah. and all that stuff, so it's a bit like what and when, they never when, expected yeah, that. To when, go. Yeah, when you think about our kind of like position in life at the minute, mm. it's really that like Lisbonard Street yeah. there before we start moving in with our friends or living with our friends yeah. or kind of like living having by yourself, by yourself, then, yeah, starting a new job, and then before you know it, they have estates like homes because you know due. Was Jude was a big fat time lawyer, yeah. and Mark, uh, sorry, Willem is like a crazy big actor, mm-hmm. and they have the money to mm-hmm. now just like design their own homes. Yeah. They have art yeah. from they travel the world. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was beautiful, but yeah. yeah, so JB, but also, yeah, sorry, and also in that stage that like, you've got, yeah, you're right, because they're all struggling at their yeah. in their in their chosen careers, you know what I mean? Yeah, so obviously, Jude is working in the um. Jude being a lawyer, he's and working. He's working in the. Um, he was at a bakery. Remember, he was at a bakery, and then no, he was, while while he was studying. But when he was actually, he was at the um, what's it called? Uh, prosecutor's office. Yeah, prosecutor's office. But I forgot what. That was called. like his first job. The attorney though. general, like all yeah, the, you know, yeah. what I mean, the district attorney yeah. and stuff. He was working there, and um, William was a waiter. And it, uh, yeah, William was, William was a waiter as an <laughs> as, a, as a, an actor. actor. I mean, JB was working as a receptionist in an art place, trying to like push his agenda. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, then obviously Malcolm, being the privileged one. Yeah. He was just literally still at home, but yeah, he was working. They, working as architect, yeah. But 
low pay because architects get paid so low at the very beginning of their careers and stuff um, but he, he was so weird how you saw the potential in all of them like he was always creating little models of things and giving it to his friends yeah, yeah. Um, and Willem was taking on like roles that he really didn't want to do but yeah. he was like he was like questioning it even me I was like oh he's never going to make it yeah, like, that, what, that, what, that, and then what, you realise like he's massive yeah, later yeah, on yeah, it's like, crazy like working in the in the in the, in the as in the restaurant and there was that thing I think um, Hanya said in the piece like in the book she was just like uh, it's like it's like it's like it's the place where you know you're, you you go to die with regards to your career you yeah. know what I mean like you could actually either stay there as an actor as someone who's completely That's like a, a potential actor working in these restaurants yeah. or you can go and do something else yeah. and it was something like and that was kind of those, those kind of questions yeah. that he was having because he was like I've been doing this for ages and I'm yeah. still at this place um, and I think that yeah and it's very similar to kind of where we're at right now yeah. like regards to me doing the journalism and stuff and yeah. I was like I don't I'm here and I've been here for ages and I just don't feel like anything's progressing and mm. I don't think that anything's happening um, and it's just kind of like this really weird wayward moment yeah. to the you know what I mean and everybody's like finding their feet in their careers yeah. and stuff and it's so difficult but then also and then that's why when people start talking about just this generation I'm just thinking it's no different to any other generation it's no literally different. you're just in your 20s yeah. and that's just how it is yeah. you know what I'm saying And but that's Malcolm um, and I do think that Malcolm you know Malcolm had a big has a big heart yeah the big heart because he let everybody in because he's like but also at the end obviously there's going to be mad spoilers in this so yeah yeah, just sorry there's going to be spoilers but um I don't want to spoil it too much because I feel like I feel like I don't want to rob people's um, experience of having the first of, of reading it for the first time. Do you see what I mean? But at the end, basically, at the, at the end, it's very traumatic. The, yeah. the, the book is traumatic. Yeah, the book is traumatic. So like, we're trauma not going to mention that. It's more so like chapter. he he um. Every place there's trauma. Jude obviously is like disabled, right? So oh, yeah. he becomes slowly more and more and more and more disabled as he grows older based off of things that happened to him and he everything that there was a moment where at the end when they're talking about Malcolm he's Jude is talking to they're around a table and they're talking about Malcolm and the good things that he's done and what like his their favourite memories of Malcolm and Jude says um, I overheard a conversation something around overhearing a conversation between Malcolm and Willem who is Jude's best friend out of the four and Malcolm was making a bookshelf for them in Lisbonard Street and he got the measurements wrong and it was like awkward and it was not fitted properly and everyone was like Malcolm it's fine like whatever but he was so adamant on getting it right and he was like he was Malcolm was talking to Willem and then he goes imagine what would happen if it falls and it falls on Jude or something like that and for, for Jude it was like he Malcolm is always someone who's always thinking about other people mm. and their comfort so for him like designing a home for them even when he designed um Jude's big home it was all it's flat, yeah, apartment. yeah it was all to make sure that he's comfortable based off of himself like not just what he likes but like he's disabled are these things wheelchair friendly is it wide enough you know where are the handles if he falls how can he get back up mm. um, and I think that was so amazing mm. about Malcolm Like, and we never really I always feel like it was an injustice to know to not know that much about him. Yeah, I think there should be, spin, it, there should be spin-offs. Yeah, because this was so Jude heavy. Mm, mm. But yeah, that was Malcolm. That was Malcolm. JB. 
So Jean Baptiste. Oh, Jean Baptiste. So, I love him. So JB is a is Haitian yeah. descent, um, gay. He is a an artist. Um, he comes from a family, a very maternal family. So yeah. his, I think his dad died when he was younger, yeah. and he lives with his mom, his grandma, his auntie. Grandma, auntie. Yeah, and very close yeah, he like he literally lives in he's from New York like he goes home every other weekend to yeah. wash and to get washing get his laundry done his laundry yeah. done and, get, and, food. and get, get food and stuff and all that um, and all of that jazz and that, so that's why in my head I'd say he's the most privileged out of all of them in that he had the he had kind the of family he had, he had the he had, he had the love and the, the family to do whatever he wanted yes. they were always there they were supporting him they were supporting him even as awful and as terrific he is like I felt like he was a very awful character what I feel like I feel like not awful but I feel like he was very sharp he was very like there were days we would just lash out yeah. on someone yeah. and then obviously oh it's JB yeah. and they kind it of thing it was the life of and the party and I think, and I think they yeah. were, but I think they over the years that people got tired of that and yes. then there was a friction at some point when they were, they weren't talking to him yes um, and all that stuff but JB for me um JB as a character, I think I think like he is not somebody that I would have as a friend, mm. but he was also somebody that I like felt really compassionate towards. In that, I do feel like he was really lonely. Definitely. Um, con- even considering in the group of friends that he had, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things like when you're, I think in the early stages when they all needed each other, he fit. <laughs> as they grew older and they began to need, not need each other as much and obviously friendships started to like form in other places mm-hmm. and obviously Malcolm was then focusing on his career and growing his, his business and his girlfriends yeah. um, and then obviously JB was like where do I fit in this yeah. they're my friends but are they my friends mm-hmm. sort of thing but then also I think he went through a phase of oh I want to meet other people and kind of like mm-hmm. you know socialise and network with all these other people they will always be my friends but I'm networking with yeah. these guys and then it just it, the point comes to you where you're like these are my core friends like mm-hmm. these are my core friends and we're all all over the place like what's happening and I think the only way and the way that he kind of reacted to that was negatively mm-hmm. he didn't try and like pull people back in and be like oh how like how are you feeling here how are you feeling there he went through a phase of like crystal meth addiction he was around the real artsy types was it, of was people. it was this guy that Jackson was it Jackson yeah, yeah I think all, all, all these all these artsy types of people you know the high all the time, the all the time. Um, that's what I said that's why when I I say terrific I mean it in a literal sense like he was just like it was terrifying probably just to be around him sometimes because you don't know what to you don't know what JB you're going to get and he, they had to hold an intervention for him um, and that's when I, that's when I realised oh their friendship is their friendship runs deep like Mm-hmm. they let him live the life that he wanted they, to live they, and they, yeah. they accepted him for the life that he wanted to live with regards to his art work and the people that he was around but they were there just observing and watching yeah. to make sure that he didn't drown yeah. and that's the kind of and that's the thing with JB like they always as much as he felt, also felt lonely or as one said they were always there to save him always like they were always there to save JB but he didn't regardless. see that that's what I'm saying he didn't see that because he when you're saw so everyone blind, was saving Jude which right, I, I exactly. think as well but that's, and then again that's what is that then that's, yeah. isn't that like arrogance or narcissism I think, it's, I think it's sorry it's loneliness so my idea of JB is obviously he's like the loud bashful awfully talented so this book I think is very much there are things that um, anchor it and I think 
JB's artwork is one thing that anchors mm-hmm. this book because his collection, you are told about his collection and they go to his museums and they have big fights over his artwork because his collection is very much about his friends. So he mm-hmm. takes pictures and paintings and drawings or whatever and he paints his friends, especially Jude and Willem and all of them. And... and it's very like self-reflective because he's able to cap he's so awfully talented and he's able to capture their lives really really well JB there was a point where I was like he was the one that took the longest to succeed and be successful in his career based and on the career that he was that yeah, he chose yeah so he's an artist yeah so a he was visual a visual artist yeah. yeah but he was the one that knew he there was a point when Jude was like when the success did come to him it almost calmed him down because he always knew he was going to get it he, he, he very much believed in himself whereas everybody else was like I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing <laughs> um, and so when he got that success it was like ah so he he had um, I guess an arrogance to him definitely but I think JB loved a lot but I don't think he knew how to he didn't he didn't think that compassion was a way of loving like he couldn't be a Willem because he was like I think he was more like oh come on like get it together Mm. kind of person Mm -hmm. like I've got it together why don't you have it together and that's why I think he struggled a lot to be close to people and he was trying to emulate that the college life at every other stage of his life throwing these parties and bringing people together from school and everyone's like of course he'll still be talking to them do you know what Mm. I mean because he tried to recreate that closeness everywhere he didn't understand about pulling people away he didn't understand when people pull away or make new friends and establish new relationships and he I think was really really jealous of the relationship that Jude and Willem had because he wanted to be close he wanted somebody to be that close with him mm-hmm. and he could never get it um, even though he made out with Willem in, in high school once and he was like oh I'm not feeling it sorry mm-hmm. um, it, so high school or college college yeah. sorry yeah university mm-hmm. but he still I think really wanted it and I think he I think he loved Jude mm-hmm. like a part of me is like because remember later on he kissed him he's like oh you look so sad and he took advantage of Jude mm-hmm so many times and he was I think he wanted attention mm. I think he, he was angry um, but I, I genuinely feel so sorry for him mm. because I was like you need you need love mm. like you actually you need, need to love under, you need to understand what that is he doesn't know I don't think he understood yeah. what it was like they all created beauty they all created beautiful things mm. but they just didn't really get it mm. like they didn't get it in the time in the yeah. moment and it's not until you look back on these things retrospectively that mm. you think oh my god like they actually created these amazing stuff and even though he was a horrible person I loved him mm-hmm. like and no, that's so weird because like you have to allow people to I be don't, didn't seem like, I think not that, even horrible he was just different yeah. he showed his affection differently I don't think that it would have worked without JB within, in the book do you see what I mean like I feel like I yeah, feel like, they, I feel like they, all, they all plaid their place yeah and you either love what love a character the most or you, you don't but yeah. you like the collective do you know what I mean love the collective you know what I mean so you love the collective it's just that like within that collective you're like well I kind of lean more towards it's like friendships yeah, yeah. Like, you know your whatsapp groups are your favourites yeah, it's like yeah. I love these people but this is my person yeah, yeah, like, we'll person. talk outside the group chat yeah. we'll be like oh like do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. or even if you're friends outside the group chat like you obviously everybody has their particular friendship 
particular, yeah. And it just becomes that, yeah. So there's that. So, I mean, JB, I like JB. And because him and Malcolm actually actually just Caribbean, it actually just killed me. Yeah, I love them too. Yeah, they were just Caribbean people. Like They were, they they were just, really lovely people. And I found that really interesting that she didn't choose any African-American. Like, they didn't, didn't have any yeah. African-American yeah. connection with anybody. It was like, they are Caribbean-American and... Um, white American and ambiguous American. No, there was a, there was these two other characters. It's like the Asian something young, yeah, and the black something young. Yeah, I forgot their names. names. Yeah. But um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah there's yeah, so yeah. many people in the damn book. Yeah, like, it's like seven hundred pages. There's so many people, but you follow, but you keep up. You it's keep not, up. It's yeah. not like it's not like you you forget everybody. Yeah, but you keep up. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um, Willem. Willem. <laughs> Oh man, Willem, Willem had a life. So like, I can't even had a life. Like he was just yeah. Uh, so basically, so he's the actor, um, and obviously, as you say, he grew he grew through that restaurant phase, and I was no, he came from like a farm. Yes, yeah, so a ranch. Yeah, he came from, from a ranch, ranch that he, he didn't own. Like, yeah. Yeah, he made it very clear that his parents, his parents didn't own it. They were employed. They were that. employed to work on the ranch. But so. his parents. What I love about him is his parents didn't really show because his parents had so many kids that died young that they weren't able to offer love to him or his dis- young disabled brother who died. Um, and he loved that boy so much, mm. but he was so angry that his parents really, they were like, we just need you guys to survive because we've had so much death that we can't expend this love for it to just go. And I felt so sorry for his parents, but equally, I get it why he was so angry at them. So he left. He was like, no, nah, I've done this. Going to college. He's like, I can't do this. And then... I think that kid probably died when he was... He was in college. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, well, I have no connection with these people. My family now. now, they're just... I'm done. They're just, yeah, like, I love them as family, but that's it. Um, and he moved in, he got into college and the he was roommates with Jude. So that's how they first met. Willem is... A beautiful man, like a beautiful, loving human being. Mm. There was one time I was angry with him, but I got it. Why? But he is so sensitive mm. to not James, not just himself, but to other people. He understands emotion or he's so like emotionally aware he knows or maybe sometimes he doesn't know but he's just in him to act mm. accordingly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like he doesn't know he's not like oh I know how to handle people mm-hmm. blah blah he's just I would explain he's like he's like a nerve that is myelinated he's not like a raw nerve <laughs> that just gets mm. you know he's a nerve he's functioning mm-hmm. But he's also a protected nerve, so he's not moving mad. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's got the myelin around his sheath. He's got it. <laughs> okay. I love this that. Bio- man this so biology much. I know. Like, I love. <laughs> Willem made me the most sad out of, out of everybody in this book, just because there was so I was so much riding on his shoulders, but he took everything in his he stride. Took everything. Like I just don't understand how you can do that. Like, and he had a he had a fulfilled career. <laughs> He had, he, had, he had several loves. He, he dated women. He dated women like, and then he yeah. fell in love. <laughs> yeah. Don't spoil that. Um, don't we? No, not yet. I don't fine. know. I don't know. Because I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I, I know. Go, yeah, I, no, I, you're I, right. We'll right, talk yeah. about themes a bit yeah. later, I guess. But but yeah, so um, he, then it's just like, he was like, you know, you have yin and yang. He was the violin 
to Jude's bow because I feel like he because I feel like Jude sorry Willem was full mm. and Jude was empty mm. and Willem kept on pouring into Jude but he was always replenished mm. he was not devaluing himself in pouring into other people and I think for, what, for me Willem taught me mm. love in this mm. book mm. like okay unconditional love yeah in this book also when you think about it I've got friends who are actors and I think that Hanya kind of like got this really right um actors they have to I mean I was talking to my friend who was training at RADA Mm. um and we had a conversation about it and she was just like you as an actor there are lessons that they have to learn Mm. and they have to there's there's something where they have to um just as on a spiritual kind of like their own as part of the profession as well they have to shed their own personalities like literally shed everything they believe about themselves everything's gone in order to put somebody else create another character yeah and I feel like you have to be deeply empathetic as an actor as a writer as a as somebody who's creating characters and stories yeah these kind of of these of these types and I think that um, Willem got it they got Willem so right because he had to like he had to be that person to be able to be empathetic to those kind of emotions because obviously we, you absorb so much that then that, that you then can create and portray mm-hmm. um, and I think that was really important for that character mm-hmm. there because none of them no, none of no, none of them else were writers in that sense like so Malcolm built things to accommodate his friends you are um jb J- jb shocked and like he also had, he he had a very frightening kind of like no like he was just in a way he um he what's it when you like memories like the pictures that yeah, he created pictures, yeah. he he's the one that made the story for yeah, these, yeah, boys, yeah. Yeah, these he, four men he kept he kept the thread going, yeah like this is the story yeah, so he was writing so he was like painting and, and drawing everybody at yeah. each stage of their lives yeah 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 well um he's like you know, I feel like he's the emotional crutch of the group, everyone, of the group yeah. because he can be. Because, he was, apparently he was beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And everyone was like, all the girls were onto him, but he just couldn't even like see it. He was the emotional, like you'd go to Willem. But yeah. then he had boundaries. So when JB did something awful, Willem stopped talking to him. Yeah. as Even though the awful thing was JB doing it to Jude. But he almost like Willem felt like no, actually, you almost did this to me as well. Like mm. you don't do this; it's mm. wrong. Mm. He was in, he was their emotional crush, but I think he was also the the um, ethical compass. Really, mm. he was the ethical compass. He was the conscious mm-hmm. of that group. Mm-hmm. <sighs> when they grow, it's like and that's it. And then Jude is just the core. I guess Jude's the plot of the story Jude's the, yeah he's just the plot he's just the one that kind of helps the, the symphony continue I guess because without them without Jude who's to say that any of them would even be friends do you see what I mean hi guys and that is the end of part one of this episode of Mostly Lit make sure you rate review and subscribe on all the channels where you can find podcasts you can throw us any suggestions that you want at Mostly Lit on Twitter Mostly Lit Pod on Instagram or just drop us an email Mostly Lit at gmail.com thanks for all your love and support we'll see you next week
softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 